welcome to The Power of Rhythm, a podcast with your host, Reinhard Flattischler, founder of Mega Drums, Takatina Symphonic, and a worldwide network of groundbreaking rhythm training. This podcast will offer you an incredible diversity of voices around the one thing that connects us all. Rhythm. Hi and welcome to the Power of Rhythm podcast. This is episode 21. And today the moment I have announced some time ago has arrived. I invite you to tune your senses today into the mesmerizing beats of techno, house, electronic music, UK bass and ambient amongst many other styles. My guest today is the best possible guy that could take us on such a journey. He is a resident DJ at Ostgut Berghain since 2000. And as we know, Berghain is this temple for techno parties and performances where people come from all over the world. Together with Aerosmith, he founded MMM. And this already lifts the curtain. Welcome, Michael Fiedler, also known as Fidel. <laughs> Hello, happy to be here. Yeah. I'm really thrilled to have you because I want to really pre uh, represent the music uh, you're playing to our audience that, of course, has this variety from uh, salsa to Indian music and so on. Today, we are diving into your music. And there's so much to cover, so let's dive right into it. And I give you a little introduction before we go in a deep discussion about your music and the track here. The first track is Detour from Fidel. Fidel is born 1972. He is DJing since 1986. He has a real broad musical horizon from electronic music, jazz, hip hop, dub reggae, and of course, techno. He states, I don't like to put music into compartments and you'll see and find out that's very tangible and audible in his music. Also, I play music that I would like to dance myself. Mm, a good motivation, I would say. And he plays techno, house, electro, UK bass, drum and bass, dub reggae and ambient.
house with mostly police techno, you can clearly hear that this trademark is rather funky version of techno. He also takes care of plays and brought from Japan the Killer-san sound system that he actually uses since 2001. And we will also talk about his work with the French choreographer Frédéric Guise, which is a very interesting thing between performance and party. Here comes my first question. I'm aware that you are running sets for long hours. How do you enter into the perception and into the physiology of your audience? How do you take them on a journey? <laughs> Since, uh, like I said, uh, <clears throat> I like to play music that I would love to dance to myself so when i play long hours i don't prepare anything it's just uh, improvising i have to be in a good in a good mood in a good shape and then i just start i i dive myself into into um the music and then uh, i let it roll and communicate with the with the audience and as soon as i as i caught the audience um onto my journey i just take them and um, then literally there is no end it's just the limits of of the party um of the party hours great so now for someone who has just you know heard techno and so but has not really been on a set yet or in a, in a club how do you communicate with your audience what's your mm, tools to communicate with your audience um I know my I know the tracks that I'm I'm playing well. I know if I play a certain kind of music that uh, people would move to it. And since I'm connected to the music I'm playing, I kind of assume that they would also uh, go with that. And um, most of the times and <laughs> during long years of, of playing and uh, improving uh, this, uh, my perception, it is possible to, to take them on the journey. So it's nothing, I, I cannot point out something special. It's just like that. So the, I guess for, for, for the beginning of a set, it's, it's um, important to show the audience that you are on now and to kind of um, move them, get get them uh, to move, and um, everything else will will be just a, a talk back uh, from from them and uh, between me and them. So um, that's uh, the, the fine art, I guess, of uh, DJing. Yeah. So what I'm so interested in this work you're doing is you actually enable people to dance physically, dance for hours and hours which of course um 
needs a lot of energy <laughs> conveyance in a way, you know? Mm. And so my question is, talking about beats per minute, is there some, some golden number? Is there something you work with, uh, you start with, you bring them to? So a golden number would be 128 beats per minute. I have heard that's, this many times. That's, that's I guess, um, uh, a speed where you can dance more relaxed and uh, preserve energy. Mm -hmm. So you can, you, 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 you will get into uh, involved in, in dancing, but it's not as fast uh, that you are, get exhausted after two hours or so. So then you can go on forever. Um, I like to change the speed in my sets. Sometimes I start fast and, and play a fast set about 130, 135 and up to 140. Sometimes I start with 120 or 118 even, and then uh, go up in, in the speed uh, towards the end. Um, so that always depends on where I'm playing, what, uh, what time I have to uh, spend with my set and so on. Also, nothing I can I can say. All right, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. So you have not found, let's say, one specific tempo to certainly move everyone, or you never would work with a tempo of hundred, for example. No, the the one twenty twenty eight one twenty eight. It's it that that's a magical tempo. So. Um, if you want to ask me about my work with Frederick, that's something uh, I would put in there because this, um, this yeah, let's go there. We we done together. Um, I I try to keep it at a one one hundred twenty eight because um, it's seven hours long. It's kind of um, meditative. the The title is "Dance is Ancient," and um, so it's it's also kind of a a session with, with somebody who who dances um, in between the audience and who can also make the people dance while he's dancing and also me while playing the music, I kind of engage him to dance. So that's that's the the, the way it works in, in this piece. So for this one I, I keep it I try to keep it at 128 because that's, that's the perfect the perfect uh, thing for let's say meditation. So yeah. uh, do I understand this right this work with Frederick is it starts as a performance of him. Yes. DJing, right? Yes. It's, yes. A, it's a stage, right? No, it's um, sometimes it's a, it's always a dance floor. It's not a stage. Ah, okay. It's a dance floor, and people can participate in this dance or not. So sometimes we had uh, situations like it was in the gallery. So he's dancing. There's a, a, a very nice light uh, and and light changes. The, the light operator Toma uh, he. He takes care of all the lighting and so on. And uh, yeah, sometimes people just stand around and watch him dancing. And um, very often they, uh, they engage in, in dancing together with him because there's so much space and he's alone on this uh, dance floor. So mm -hmm. then sometimes it, it lasts a while uh, until they, they um, go on the dance floor and sometimes they are immediately on and he... Uh, for, for him, it's hard to find a space to, to dance even. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> Frederick is dancing for seven hours straight? Yeah, yeah. Just a little break here and there, mm -hmm. um, of course. But uh, yeah, he's dancing the whole time.
I saw a video where he's dancing with a woman. Mm -hmm. Partner. That, that was Queen of Queens of the Fawns. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, the the piece from uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this is only short. It's only one hour, and um, I did the music too for this one. Um, but it's not uh, not the same like the dance is ancient. There's a there's a there's a little story to it. Uh, he does um, sessions that are called um, technosomatics. And um, in those sessions, he gives an introduction into the, the gland system of the human body. And um, afterwards, uh, people are supposed to dance in the dark with closed eyes, mm -hmm. and they should focus on their glands. So they, they have um, discovered uh, in, in the introduction, and they, they should uh, engage with them, uh, one after the other. And... Um, that's kind of the the basic idea of also dance is ancient to have um, music that works with that that there's no introduction but uh, the, the the whole mood of this uh, seven hour session is just a seven hour technosomatics so to say that's what i like so much <laughs> you know seven hours uh, i like long long sessions like um, i have developed a work called takatina where people uh, physically engage in multi-layered rhythms like one with the voice another with the clapping another with the stepping and we run partially sets with 48 hours mm. non-stop mm -hmm. non-stop rotating each journey and i see people changing so dramatically as they go into first everyone says no we can never never go through that no sleep and whatever that doesn't work and of course, that's a much more slow movement. You couldn't do this. What was the longest set you have ever done? About, about 12 hours. Oh, this quite yeah. <laughs> a stretch. Now let's go how you craft that. And I want to just give us, uh, again, a track from Robert Hood Nefesh, which is about what you said you would start to warm up the crowd, okay?
And to my listeners, we are playing those tracks for quite some time, so please take the chance. Let the music move you, whether you sit it or you are dancing with your whole body. Take that experience, please. So I find always that the bass has a very, very important role in that music. Is that true? That's true. Yes, that's the, I guess the most powerful um, element in um, in the music. Um, the, the most energy comes from the the bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you hear that sometimes the bass is gone, and then when it comes back, it kind of boosts the energy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's quite a good, quite a good ex- example for music that uh, if you listen to it, so at least you and me. Um, it moved us both just while listening to it and not being in a club or something else. I guess that's the uh, universal feeling. If you are, yeah, if you are connected to music, uh, this kind of music will move you. And um, <clears throat> Dance is Ancient is quite a good example for that because I I, I open and I close the, the, the whole set. So in the beginning, I, I start with some uh, slower tracks with some... Um, more rhythmic elements so that uh, Frederick can get into it. So that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a fixed um, a fixed vinyl frame set, so to say, in the, in the beginning and in the end. So he can get into it. And in the end, uh, if he knows, all uh, oh, right, certain tracks are going, are played, then he knows, all right, that's another 30 minutes or another hour to go. And uh, then he knows, all right, we can, we can just finish. Mm-hmm. And, um, since the, the audience at uh, Dances Ancient is not necessarily uh, a techno audience, um, it's even more important to make them get into the music. And um, yeah, most of the times I, I will manage to to make them dance because of that music. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> the question is for such a long time, do you have actually phases where it feels like it's falling apart or there's a chaos phase or people kind of collapse a bit or is yeah, that 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 can be but then i have to get back to myself and um yeah think about oh what what would i want to listen to right now um oh yeah let's play some some ravey tunes or a vocal track or something like that Mm. Um, or a breakbeat track to just uh, break the, the, the floor to the floor, um, stomper uh, in, in, in two parts and so on. And um, yeah, just to, to continue this journey, like, like on, a, on, a, on a long journey, you also take breaks uh, every once in a while and otherwise you, you don't um, fulfill it, uh, the whole journey. So you're really the guide. You take them back and give them new possibilities. That's great. So let's go to the second part, that is the middle part, where you push the intensity and let them brave. And the track you sent me is from Trunkhead Process. Yes. 
Now, as you have said, you are improvising the mixing during the whole set, right? Yeah, that's right. How can someone who has no clue about teaching imagine that? I think in angel time you had your discs with you. Did play records? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 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 not only. <laughs> that's uh, now you have uh, USB stick. The USB stick. Um, most of the times when I'm abroad, but um, at Berkheim I like to play records, or in other places where I know I can play records. So the. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows anymore to make um, to set up a proper vinyl uh, record set for the DJ. So that's that's uh, it, unfortunately. But Berghain yeah. is has it. Yeah, Berghain has it. Yeah, yeah. And, and also for for Dances Ancient, I play records because otherwise I, I couldn't I couldn't um, play such a long time. It's it's really hard to to. Um, for me to read all the time <laughs> because on this on the on the play digital with the um, so-called cdjs uh, you put in a usb stick and then you have, to, you have to know the tracks by name and you have to read and you know where you put it in in what folder and with records it's way easier because uh, then you know oh it's this record and that track you don't have to know the name it's just um, easier and you kind of work more with your body because it's um i don't want to say it's an instrument but something like it you have to develop some some um technical uh, skills you can you, you touch the record you touch the, the needle and so on you have to accelerate and 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 stop the record and so by with your fingers so it's kind of a uh thing that keeps me also uh into the music and more connected to the music when I play records. Um, but it doesn't matter if the, if, the, if the material, if the music comes from a record or from a, a USB stick, uh, it depends on what kind of music you're playing. And as I listen to that track, um, for the listener of this podcast, it might be, oh yeah, it has a long intro and it's kind of um, long and not so much will happen. But if you imagine, if you then, play two tracks together yeah so if i if i have this long intro of process right now and uh, put it let's say in into nefesh or in, into another track then you introduce the track already and then if it's full on you can blend over to the to the other track or sometimes um, i like to mix quite fast and and let two tracks run together for, at the same time. So the rhythmic elements are combined. And if there are some elements like, let's say, a noise, a pushing noise, something like that, or a sequence that comes up, and um, that can can push the, the energy even further. And so the, the people start to dance. And if it's if it's kind of unexpected, it's even it's even better for the for the crowd because then they, course, yeah. they feel it and oh yeah and so, so you select the the vinyls as as the music goes right oh let's take this one yeah yeah exactly yeah oh okay so you need to know them really well <laughs> yeah kind of yeah or just uh, to to know how the how the mood of of each track is and how i can combine them if I say, all right, let's in process. Hmm. Um, I think about another track. It's like a like a human jukebox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. This track will fit uh, perfectly into it. Then 
I take it either on USB stick or on, on the records and then uh, yeah, I, I play it out. So how many of these vinyls would you uh, use in one long set? In, in former times, um, about 150 to, to carry with me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because then, then if you want to improvise and, and um, then you have to choose from, from a certain pile of records, of course. And you cannot, you, you really cannot um, prepare for, let's say, a set of 8 to 12 hours. You cannot prepare for it. You just have to improvise. Yes, that's the only. That's the only way. Yeah, get in, get into a flow. Sometimes when I, especially when I play vinyl sets, um, I I prepare those sets. If I if I look for the records at home, um, I have a certain idea. Oh, what, what I want to play in this special venue, and uh, yeah, sometimes it just fits for let's say two hours or maximum three hours. I can I can do a set when I say where I can say all right, that's that's my set for tonight. So no other records. It's a no-brainer. So then I can focus on mixing those tracks. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice too. So that's that, that always depends on uh, where I'm playing, what's, what uh, the, the, the time is, the set length and so on, and what the mood is I'm into. into. <laughs> yeah. so, would you say there is one point where there's a climax uh, in a tempo, in the intensity? in such a long set in in a short set yes in a long set there are uh, more climaxes um, than um, than one so just ups and downs and um if it's long enough i also dive into a kind of a hypnotic uh, mood for let's say if, if you play for 12 hours we can play two hours you, you can put them in, in a hypnotic mood where they don't know where they are what time it is and and so on where you forget about time at all oh, that's and great timelessness yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's wonderful. the that's the thing yeah so you said hypnotic or raving parts yeah What's the difference between a hypnotic and a raving part? <laughs> a raving is more uh, outraging and uh, yeah, like like headbanging and screaming, and the music is uh, more pushing and demanding uh, physically, and hypnotic is more um, yeah, you you dive into um, a certain state mm -hmm. of mind and you can just dance not not about dancing so much anymore just like more swimming in in the music and um that so would be the, the hypnotic part yeah the erdem tunkanan and alpha tracks is that more on the hypnotic or on the raving uh, side yeah that's a bit mixed okay <laughs> that's a bit mixed yeah so okay. it's a it's a that's a track i would play towards the end it's quite uh -huh. fast yeah so you have to prepare it and it's uh, it's certainly hypnotic. Okay. I would say. So yeah. Let's get into that. <laughs>
and with its very intense driving beat, it's inviting you to synchronize, forget about time, go into timelessness, and you are with yourself, but you at the same time with all the other people dancing with you. So it's quite uh, a message in this whole thing, you know. As you said, someone who has not heard it yet, well, oh, it's always the same. But if you are in a club, uh, that's entirely different uh, thing because I want to also talk now about the Kelasan uh, sound system because I do believe this um, sound moves you and it's not just audible. There's a physical component into listening to music. So uh, Bergen has a really powerful sound system and I guess that's why the music works so well there. The Kelasan has a very um, special bass section that um, moves even uh, the trousers on your legs. <laughs> and um, that's, that's kind of um, a state that you have to, for this kind of music, you have to reach, you have to, you also move the people, not only through the information that comes out of the speakers, but you move people with the physicality of uh, air under pressure that um, that you can feel on your body that's i guess the the big experience that that you have both the berkein or with the killer sun that you can feel the music you get touched by it you get mm -hmm. moved by it you feel the bass um, and everything that's a very important um, point okay so tell us a bit of this story it's actually coming from japan right yes um the Japanese uh, reggae artist and producer and club owner, K-Boss, uh, he went to Jamaica and uh, checked out the sound systems there. And then he he designed his own sound system um, after his wishes. And then um, yeah, he used it in, uh, in Japan, mostly in Osaka. And then um, one of the clubs had to close there and... Um, Mark Anestos from Hardwax record store in Berlin. So they, they were friends, they met each other um, some, some time and then uh, they decided to bring it over. And since I studied theater and entertainment engineering, um, Mark asked me if I would take care of the sound system. So first thing I did was to make it um, usable for the, the electrical power we have here in uh, Europe. And um, yeah, then I did some repairs and so on. And since then, I um, yeah maintain the sound system. I'm I'm the the one to ask uh, to rent it out. I, I set it up. I, I be the uh, sound technician for uh, when it's running and so on. Okay, so actually, the Kilasan was brought over by the Hardwax, right? Yeah, by by um, Kabos uh, or Naoji Kihira is his real name. He shipped it over to Hardwax, yes, and then um, I took care of it. And then, then we have to tell our listeners Hardwax is a record shop originally where you found your records, right? Yes, when yes. Um, yeah, I started buying records there in 1990. I guess it opened 1989, but in you know, in Kreuzberg, in western part of Berlin. And yeah, since 1990, I buy records there. And um, 
I also worked there 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, after that, my connection is still uh, the, the sound system. And that I buy records there. And uh, they're also a distributor for my uh, labels and also for MMM. So yeah, that's um, yeah, a long, long time working connection uh, with Hardwax. How did you come up with MMM? <laughs> uh, I once met uh, Eric, aka Aerosmith, uh, through a very good friend. Unfortunately, he died some years ago. And um, then I met him in his uh, home studio and he made interesting music. Uh, a lot of uh, funky tunes, so to say, a lot of rhythm and a lot of um, what he did back then is to open up uh, old analog synthesizers and put some additional filters in. Or, and that was very interesting. So we were talking about that and we were jamming on the machines. And yeah, then we, we wanted to bring out music. I had some some money to spend and I said, hey, let's let's make a record and, and bring it out. And that's how MMM started. But MMM, the name, uh, how did this come? Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. We were looking for a name. And um, since we also wanted to make music that is not, let's say, in fashion, but more, uh, more edgy or not, not into mainstream or something like that, we found the name Messe der Meister von Morgen quite interesting, <laughs> which means in English, uh, kind of exhibition of the masters of tomorrow. And um, this thing was um, an exhibition that started in school back in, uh, in, in the GDR. So I'm from Eastern Germany. And uh, I took part in this and uh, I, I built some stuff that you can you could, you could use in the um, um, in the lessons to show how, how pneumatic or hydraulic systems are working and stuff like that. So let's say a young inventors uh, exhibition, so to say. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I received for my participation, I received a, a certificate and we liked the, the logo very much and, uh, and also the name. And that's why we, we chose to <laughs> name us MMM. So <laughs> it's not very um very good these days with the internet because then you have uh, Messner's mountain museum or what else that is <laughs> abbreviated with uh, three m's <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, certainly unique in a way mmm <laughs> to remember also yeah now what i'm really blown away by that you work with so many things we work also in Takatina and in my orchestral music. You say in the end of a set, you need to break it down and uh, release the pressure of the set. And tell us about this thing, that how you land the set. When, when you might imagine with, uh, with the process track and um, when you imagine you go on for hours with some decent energy and uh, pushing the people so they relentlessly have to dance that's the that's the power of this music and and the sound system so they cannot do something else but but dance and um you, you cannot cut off the music at once there was once um, uh, a story at Berghain where they told me oh you have to finish uh, in one hour i said no no one hour is not enough because i was in the middle of uh, a high energy set so to say and uh, then i said 
yeah, one and a half or two hours uh, I need at least. And then um, it was also an experiment for me. After playing eight hours of hard techno music, I switched over the whole uh, music and the whole crowd within, let's say, three to four tracks into uh, house tempo and some more melancholic and melodic stuff. People recognized this, of course, that it, that it went quite fast. Usually it, it takes me an, an hour or two to make the transition to such a, a kind of a music. Um, but that was, that was really intense and they really liked it. That was um, one of the... the the best sets I've ever played and one one of the sets that people um, most remember um, when they heard me playing there. So you finished in an hour, more or less then? Yeah, the let's say one, one and a half hours, yeah. The, the transition within, let's say, 20 minutes or so, and then um, change over to totally different kind of music. But it worked out. So that's that was an experiment. You, you never know, yeah. <laughs> you sent me a track where we have a time distortion so let's play this from matthew johnson decompression Thank you. 
For me, it's very clearly tangible how these many layers, many different rhythmic layers, keep on grooving but take you off just one groove, so they help you to land, I guess. But how would a set really end and what's the end of the set? If you are finding an end, yeah. So the, the, the name of the track um, it says it decompression uh, you, you put a lot of pressure on the people during the set to make them dance and then you take off the pressure to yeah, relieve the, the pressure the, the pain so to say and um, the the end of a set would look like um, yeah more melodic maybe more vocals to come back to reality to have something that you um, you could pour your serotonin <laughs> off <laughs> on, on those tracks. Um, a, a last track, there is sometimes a last track I want to play as a last track. Uh, depends on, on the mood I'm in, depends on what I find in my archives, so to say. Sometimes it's, um, it's, um, it's a love song for my girlfriend. Um, sometimes it's just a, a nice disco track to to make the people remember that night. So they they go they go home with that track. So it should touch them really in the inside. So that that has nothing to do with the, with rhythm so much anymore, but with the feeling of the track. That that's for me an, an end of a set. Mm -hmm. Is this a fade out you're doing, or is it a last? The last 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 track yeah oh, cool yeah and sometimes uh, they scream one more tune one more tune and um <laughs> also at Berghain, um my longest um, extension of a set was about one and a half hours until the boss came and said last track now <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finished my set and they streamed one more tune and then you have to imagine one and a half more hours 
of additional tracks. Wow. <laughs> because they, they, they didn't want to leave. It's, uh, yeah, imagine the situation. You have 400, 300, 400 people in front of you. The light is already on. And then you, you, you still manage to keep them on fire. And they still want to go with some, some music okay. like, like that or with some disco tracks or whatever. So then, then it doesn't matter anymore what kind of tracks that they just have to fit. What would be the maximum capacity in Berghain? Let's say on the dance floor, maybe 1,000. 1,000. Yeah. It's not, uh, the, the dance floor is actually not so big. But yes. moving 1,000 people for hours? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried uh, to use live percussion? Um, in a live set, yes, but uh, not as a DJ. And no, no, no live instruments. So no, uh, no drums or, or something like that. What, what's your approach? Like uh, you doing your set and um, with the set along, uh, you have live percussion. What, what, what's your approach to that? I, I heard sessions like that and um, they're interesting, <laughs> but not when I'm DJing. So sometimes, um, let's say um, a house set accompanied by a, a, a saxophone or so can be really strange because then the saxophone takes over and it has so much um, uh, meaning all of a sudden. Or let's say um, when you listen to drum and bass and you have the MC, then the MC sometimes uh, screams the tracks away. And that's that's my experience as a as a as a raver to see all right that that doesn't that doesn't work for me that might work for for the crowd yes or no or for the artists who, who do that but uh, not for me if if I would prepare something like that I could imagine uh, doing it but then it has to be a special program so to say to yeah to work with uh, it of course you have because the the percussion really needs to supplement actually your music so mm -hmm. it will be a supplementation probably and really the right sounds that go with the thing that you are playing yeah. yes yes so i'm i'm i guess too much into my own uh into my own film the whole time on to my own journey that i could not uh, accept so to say uh, uh, a decent uh, drummer besides me but we did we did have a lot of drums on the killer sun um, there's a, a band from um, Senegal, um, Daga Rhythm Force, mm -hmm. uh, and um, Mark Ernestos is kind of the, the, not the band leader, but kind of manager and, and instructor, so to say. Uh, but they are, they are playing on stage, and they also played um, on the Killer Sun. Oh. Really. And then we had um, Jackie Liebezeit and uh, Ben Friedman. Uh, on the Killerson playing, and it was also uh, live drumming, live instruments, and that that makes sense if you if you have um, if you have a special program uh, contains drums. Okay, now back to the club setting. Uh, one of your quotes <laughs> I like very much: "Gay, straight, black, or white, one nation under groove." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such a message for this world right now, you know. That's yeah, and, and it was it, that was something that kind of led me to 
techno music or it was it was that, that's a quote from uh, LFO that's the introduction of um, of their album from 1990 I guess and um, that was so much what techno is was and still is for me that it doesn't matter where you are coming from no matter what the color of your skin is you you join together um, with the music I was also into hip-hop um, when I was younger and attending hip-hop jams in, in Berlin was yeah almost ending in in gang fights <laughs> and, and that yeah because yeah hip-hop was yeah. kind of a gang thing oh you belong to that gang to that gang then they had their rappers their bands and so on there was always fighting and um in house acid and techno music so already in the uh, in the 80s when when house came up it was like that that you could just come together and uh and and party uh, mm. without any without any uh fights or so so in the in the techno scene i, have, I haven't seen events like that without fights it's in the discotheque there was fighting at the hip-hop jams there was fighting everywhere was fighting involved kind of yeah but not not in the techno scene hmm, quite amazing and so to just you know uh, make it very real there are between 400 and 1000 people and what's the age range if you go to Berghain so um, at my age now I will raise the age <laughs> Median, <laughs> I guess. Right now, I would say um, 25 to 30, about that. In the beginning, there have been more, much more older people like, like me, for instance, or older than me. I'm 48 right now. And um, the, the scene gets, gets very young. Um, let's say... It was a development in, in the past 10 years or so. It got more mainstream uh, in general, and then it got, it got way younger. So I, I, I play music for, for people that are half my age, so to say. Yeah, yeah. there were the warehouse parties and all of that, right? Where yeah. The age yeah. is really, really young. Yeah. And so uh, can they still cope and understand your music? That's a uh, difficulty, I must say, because um, how younger people um, get their information in general, I see it also with my kids. So they have all the, the whole internet so that they can, they can get any information they want. And they're also with uh, clever marketing, they information through the algorithms on, on let's say the, the social media platforms um, if you have a clever marketing working with the algorithms you see some music first and of course what what you see first you you might take first as um, yeah all, all right that that's it right now it's unnecessary the best music it's just marketing it's yeah, just marketing, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. Um, the, the one on the top uh, is not necessarily the best artist. So okay. it's the one who knows best to market um, themselves uh, or the music. And that's a bit of a shame nowadays. And also that since all the information are available, I have the feeling that people are not keen anymore on on digging music on really exploring so you can you can do that 
But of course, you have a, such a high amount of information that pours in every day. It's hard to, to find uh, one special direction you want to go or you want to explore. So for me, it was always, oh, I, I heard a track, let's say, um, My Favorite Things by, by John Coltrane. Oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Let, let's uh, listen to what this John Coltrane is about or what other jazz musicians are about. So and then I found a, a special... Um, time let's say in jazz music that i found really interesting and um yeah i i i kind of explored that that kind of things yeah but nowadays with such a pressure of um, yeah information all day every day uh, it's kind of hard to do that isn't that in a way a dangerous evolution because it gets very superficial you know you're getting overwhelmed yeah. and you're like uh, if you are not engaging in something you never go to the depths of something you know yeah yeah that's that's like it is it's um it's consuming those things um it's um you can see it all over the society it's, it's only be consumed it not you don't create any assets to to that let's say let's say berlin But in club life, there are some some of the people they do they they put something into the scene, but most of them they just consume it. They just um, take it, pay their money for it, and then they just uh, consume it. You have an idea of counteracting this? <laughs> yeah, to do my to do my own um, let's say party series with wax treatment with a special sound system with special care of music as a DJ, uh, especially being a resident at Berghain to, um, to make it my, my job to introduce people to different kinds of music. Yeah, of course. Then one, one night I ended up playing a three hour drum and bass set and they didn't know how to dance to it. But other people I, I saw, they, they danced their, their asses off. They were sweating and dancing all the time. So that's, that's, uh, that's the thing that you have to face then, of course. Yeah. Now to go back to music, we have another track from Fidel here, which has been ending in a back set in 2014. But that's a... That's a um, um, Some, some friends that uh, made this trick. Okay, we'll have your 2008 coming up, which you have recorded in Berghain. Thank <laughs> you. 
Fidel, I thank you so much for this tour. You have really revealed a lot of new things to our Welcome. listeners. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything you want still to add to what we have yeah. done in our journey here? Just if, if I heard uh, the last two, two tunes, it was two tracks. Um, that was a nice uh, example for a transition. So the, the, the first track, um, that was um, um, a remix. The original was made by the, by the Hardwax owner and released on a, on a label um, um, related to Hardwax. And um, the second one was, uh, uh, and it was remixed by Carl Craig, um, an artist from Detroit. And the second one was a remix by, also by Carl Craig. So he used the same instrument, so to say. And you almost couldn't hear the transition. So there was the, the, the one part with the, with the vocals and the other part with the, with the um, bass sequence that comes in. And uh, that was nice for, for our audience here. A nice example for uh, yeah, how you can blend in uh, two tracks and how it makes sense that they are maybe a little, a little bit longer or a little bit have an intro or outro. That's how you, you, you do it and you create a new sound with it. So I guess a lot of our listeners will not try to go to Berghain, but it's <laughs> difficult to get in, I heard. It's really yeah. difficult because there's so many people wanting to go yeah, there. But <clears throat> there are other places where you can have nice uh, parties. Um, I played in Vienna last year at, uh, at the Lido. It was a club that was closed for years. And I reopened it. Um, I don't know if it's still open. Um, it was for, um, for a live stream. Last year, I played an electro set, and um, also I like to I like to play different styles of music. So we we had only techno here, but like I said, um, I had I had a lot of fun to play there because the audience was was uh, nice. And it doesn't matter if it's the big dark Berghain with the Berghain crowd and with the music and the powerful sound system. There are also other crowds in other places that are magical, and then you can have a good time there. So there's just no need to <laughs> to queue up yeah thank you so much for everything you've brought to us um how can people find you on the web just type in Fidel and then uh, hoping that you find my facebook page my um instagram page or uh, my website um there's also Discogs where um, all my releases are located. They can see and you know, also can have a listen uh, to the tracks on YouTube, for instance. And um, yeah, they should be available on, on all digital platforms. Yes, I found a lot of things mm -hmm. just Googling your name, Fidel, yeah. and that's with uh, I-E, right? With, yeah, F-I-E-D-E-L. Like, um, that's uh, like the like the fiddle, the English fiddle, because my last name is Fiedler, and uh, they gave me the nickname Fiedel, which means fiddle, and um, yeah, that's I have that since uh, school. Finally, we yeah. will exit today with uh, one of your recordings that you have recorded in Berghain live, and you prepared for this uh, quite well, I heard. Because mm -hmm. it's a two-hour set where when once you record it, there's a mistake, it's on the record, of course. Yes, yes. And we'll have that. And again, I thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. And here you have already the sounds of this very remarkable recording live 
at Berghain. 28. The whole recording goes for two hours and you can find it on Fidel's sites, just Google it. We give you here 12 minutes. Enjoy how it unfolds.
this was a special edition featuring the work of Fidel, giving you deep insight into the rhythms of techno, house, electronic music. I hope you have enjoyed the journey as much as I did. If you like my podcast, please go to powerofrhythm.com forward slash podcast and leave a comment. How did you like it? Also, if you like, make a suggestion. Whom would you like me to interview next? I'll do my best to get to these people. It's wonderful. It's a pleasure serving you with all this new content from techno to mantra from Indian music to classical music very soon new things coming up stay tuned with that I wish you a really great time going into the new year with power and keep on grooving.